0: Hello, Internet. Welcome back to another episode of Real Psych. I am Dr. J.D. Barton, and I am a licensed clinical psychologist.
1: And I am Dr. Joanna Witkin, and I am a cognitive neuroscientist.
0: Real Psych is a new podcast where we share our gorgeously thoughtful opinions on the psychological phenomena playing out in all of your favorite movies.
1: Did you say movies? I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're relearning. Uh huh. Will there be science? Mm-hmm. Will there be delightfully informal, explorational, informational conceptualizations from two best friends who would be talking about this anyways?
0: Yes, there shall be on this podcast.
1: <laughs> Let's go to the movies.
0: Let's go to the movies.
1: <laughs> Hello. Hi, George. How are you doing?
0: Girl, I am biz this week.
1: Names, same Zs. And I've You're got, in a like, show, right?
0: I'm in a show. I'm I'm going back to my old show person roots. Um, I'm in a, okay. I, back when I was a professional actor. I joined a theater company called Thirty Minute Musicals, and we are doing a thirty minute musical version of Top Gun uh, that we did ten years ago or more, uh, and we you know have done it a few times, but uh, it started like ten years ago, and we're doing it again, and it's almost all people that were in the original cast from 10 years ago. Amazing. And so it's, like, some really fun people who are super talented and have now some of them are, like, very successful. One of them is, like, a regular on a TV show now, and one of them has a hugely successful podcast. Not That's not me. Uh, <laughs> uh, another one, like, is, yeah, is also continued, has a really successful podcast, is continuing to be successful as an actor. Like, the director is, like, blown up in terms of casting. Like, it's a really fun thing to see where we all have sort of Brought ourselves, one of them works in like finance now for Netflix, but we're just like a bunch of like grown ass adults running yeah. around pretending to be silly.
1: I think one time when I visited you, I went to a rehearsal. Um, oh, was
0: it for a Top Gun?
1: No, it was for Die Hard.
0: Oh, Die Hard's really, really fun. Yeah, yeah. Die Hard's very, very fun. fun. Um, yeah, and so like it's just really fun and silly, and we just kind of like are dumb on stage and it's pretty, it's pretty nice to get to do it um, with friends, but it means like I've been working full time and then doing my private practice and doing a podcast and then also, you know, doing this show. And so I have like a little trickle of a cold in the back of my throat, not COVID. And gotcha. it, and I'm like, of course, cause I get sick all the time uh, is my um, MO lately.
1: Well, my body does that too. Actually, when I'm pushing it too hard, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And my body's like, um, I'm going to cause a ruckus if you don't slow down. So mm-hmm. you better watch cause it. a
0: ruckus in your tuckus. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm, uh, but I'm doing okay. I'm just like hydrating the most. Yeah. Um, not having like a sip of alcohol and making sure everything I eat is vitamins.
1: You know, when we were in grad school, uh, First year, you like I got a cold and you gave me just so much echinacea. Yeah, like so much. Yeah, and I swear that cold was done in a day.
0: It goes away quickly. And you had it.
1: You had it in like a gallon Ziploc bag too.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you
1: carried it around, but it worked.
0: Yeah, I just would always carry it with me because I'm really forgetful. So if you yeah. expect me to like remember to take it in the morning or something, I I'm not going to. I mean, I also was in grad school diagnosed with ADHD, so you know, <laughs> things like I always I, I have like a like pills any of my meds I'll have with me in like my backpack or in my desk at work or in my in my bathroom so that like yeah. wherever I'm at if I'm like oh I gotta take it now because I won't remember to take it right later so yeah, yeah. I would have just like a ziploc bag full of loose vitamins
1: <laughs> love it I mean it helped me a lot so
0: yeah I'm a big fan and like it's one of those things some people I, I think some of them are probably you know snake oil but I think I think there's real evidentiary support for echinacea. I actually think I told you about it and you looked it up because you were like a, such a medical person. You literally were like, let me look up whether echinacea is actually shown to improve like immune functioning. And I think you were like, hey, OK.
1: Yeah, there is some evidence. There's um, some evidence. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I hope you feel better.
0: I'm doing OK. I am. It, it's it's one of those colds that's like so cuspy. It's like mm. really trying to be a cold. And I'm like can, drowning it in water and kombucha. Yeah, and you know, just health,
1: <laughs> drowning it in health,
0: drowning it in health. Like, come at me, cold. Yeah, how dare you?
1: How very dare I'm you.
0: triple vaccinated and I'm on prep. Like, what ca- what cold can come for me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I dare you.
0: Um. So i I picked a movie.
1: Yes, I. I I'm so excited.
0: I'm so excited for this okay, movie well,
1: I'm a little more nervous now that you're so excited
0: I know you should be so <laughs> nervy okay so this right. is a movie that is from 2004 it's right in our sweet uh, spot
1: it's a great great time great feels. time
0: great time weird time I had just come out of the closet I was very I was very thin mm-hmm. and uh, I had floppy hair like Ashton Kutcher on topical at the time that 70s show. <laughs> Um, uh, so the tagline, 2004, the tagline is, heaven help us.
1: Is it saved? Yes! Ah, oh, oh. Such a good one. I'm, I, I definitely almost picked this one a few times because I think, first of all, excellent movie.
0: I, it's such a good movie.
1: Second of all, like, there is some stuff in here. There is
0: some stuff. Yeah. And you know, it was, I, I don't believe in God, but I weirdly had somebody say to me, Uh, somebody DM'd on the thing and said, hey, can you do Sister Act? I'd love for you to talk about religion. And then my sister sent me a text and was like, you got to do Saved. And I was like, done. Like, these were within an hour of each other. The two people were like, let's talk about it. The
1: universe. Um,
0: The universe. I mean, or whatever it is. I don't know. Retrograde. Gatorade.
1: Mars and the universe. Mars is in Gatorade.
0: Crystals. Crystals. Beautiful crystals. Um, Yeah. So I'm super, super excited.
1: How, I've not seen this movie in quite a long time, um, but I know what's her face, Jenna. What's her name? The main uh, Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone, who's incredible. Mandy Moore, Macaulay Mandy Culkin.
0: Moore. Yes. Um, Susan Sarandon's daughter, whose name Anna Amuri. Eva.
1: Eva. Amari.
0: Eva Amuri. Yeah, yeah, Eva Amuri. Um, Heather Matarazzo.
1: Yes. Oh. I, I yet. mean, she's Good gonna show up yet. in some
0: other movies for sure. <laughs> um, uh, Mary Louise Parker, yes. uh, and the dude who Mary Louise Parker marries on Weeds plays Pastor Skip. He's also on Weeds. Yeah, um, they're together in more than one picture. Uh,
1: okay, this is gonna be great.
0: And uh, what's his name? Patrick Fugit.
1: Yes, that guy. These Dreamy Patrick Fugit, famous. Is that where he's from?
0: I think so yeah um he's in a few things he's also in one of my favorite movies which we'll do when we start to get into like real deep cuts uh one of my favorite movies is called wrist cutters a love story and it is a movie about suicide and it is one of the best movies I've ever I've ever seen
1: wow yeah I've I've heard of that but I haven't seen it
0: it's really good uh it's him and Shannon Sossaman uh and sort of a weird dark
1: mm.
0: romantic comedy
1: yeah
0: um in the afterlife uh Anyways, let's talk about Saved, though. Let's Uh, talk
1: about before then.
0: Yeah, so the first time I saw Saved, I was it was in theaters, Mm -hmm. summer after I graduated high school, and I I was raised very uh, I I was raised in the church, and I sort of uh, my parents were not super super churchy, but I went for it because church was one of the few places where like I wasn't uh, where people didn't call me gay because you didn't because I could like and I could use all my social skills, and so I really had like social stability and like power. Mm had cultural capital because I was also, like, involved in choir and all of these, like, super gay right. things. Um, but nobody would call me gay because I was Christian. And so they were like, no, gay is a sin. And JD is, like, a Christian, so he can't be gay.
2: Right. And so it
0: felt really safe for me. Uh, and then at the end of high school, I started coming out, but I didn't necessarily come out fully at church. Um, I was sort of removed from Sunday school, and I was sort of, like, rejected from church right around this time. And that is also when this movie came out. And I went to go see it, and I ended up sitting next to – these, like, people that I went to church with, that I, like, grew up going to church with. Wait,
1: you were rejected because you came out?
0: Yeah. Is that... Okay. Yeah, I started to come out, like, to school people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that got back to, to like, Sunday school oh, people. And so once yeah. I started coming out, our Sunday school teacher, who was, like, the cool young dad guy, who was, like, a cool, cool Christian dude, did, like, six weeks in a row about how uh, gay sex is a sin and how... Um, how to, like how to love the sin or hate the sin kind of stuff, just like weeks and weeks and weeks. And then at the end uh, of graduation, like my graduation party in early June, um, the thing that would, they would always do for youth group is they'd go through and they'd look at all the old like pictures, which were of course printed printed out photos from like mm-hmm. the, the developer because it was 2004. Um, and you'd always go and you'd pick out every picture that had that senior in it and you'd make a photo book of the, like all their times in the youth group over the last like seven years. Mm-hmm. And you give it to them at their graduation day. And so I, like, um, get the, like, uh, the wrapped, like, book, and I open it. And uh, the youth pastor actually gave me a Bible. And it said, like, you may be, like, talented and and going out into the world, but remember where that comes from. And, like, never gave me (sighs) pictures or anything like that. Just gave me a Bible to remind me that I was not aligned with her faith. Yeah. Interestingly, and related to this film, um, her daughter at fourteen got pregnant, uh, which mm. is um, that abstinence-only education.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Super works.
0: Super, super works. Um, yeah, so this, I had a really intense relationship kind of like, with this movie. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. like oh yeah, a, a lot of this movie really like rings true. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the like prayer, the like cool teenage prayer was like a real piece of my life.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, a lot of these yeah when they're talking about like oh like blah 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 at the Promise Keepers rally like yada 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 like those kinds of things like I knew about these things yeah and like attended some of them um, and listened to Christian music and like you know until I started to come out around like 16, 17 I was like doubling down because I was like this is probably better than being gay spoiler (laughs) alert super gay and it's way better (laughs) (laughs) Not trying yeah. to convert anybody, but like if you're already gay, like I gotta say, like it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty fun.
1: Um, so this episode is JD an origin story.
0: Hey, there is some origin story to this. Parentheses yeah. saved. Parentheses, yeah.
1: I love it, John
0: John David Barton. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor John David Barton. I love it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm really excited to do this movie and um there's just it's so funny It this movie is streaming free on Amazon Prime so like y'all awesome. pause and just watch this movie or like yeah. don't pause and watch, like, it, watch as it as soon as we're later. done yeah. talking about it <laughs> it is so good
1: I'm excited
0: there's so much for us to talk about
1: yeah yeah but, and, and stuff that I don't think we've touched on totally yet like I feel like a lot of the movies that we've done have overlapping themes with some of the other movies but this one there, there's like new stuff I think
0: oh I know I I know. Buckle up, buttercup.
1: Buckle up.
0: We going in. We will be back. We'll be back. Bye. Bye.
1: Whoa.
0: I was about to say, oh my God, Joanna, I'm obsessed with this pick, and then I was like, oh yeah, it's my pick.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think it. I think uh, that makes sense that you like this pick. Yeah, I like this pick. I watched this in on my phone in a car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's a movie that I was...
0: that I'm so intimately familiar with that I barely paid attention at some points because I was like, meh, I know everything by heart.
1: Yeah, I've definitely seen it before. So I you know, I was like, uh, watching it in the car, I'm being like, yeah, 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 okay. But it is it's better than I remember. It's so much
0: better than even I remember. Like it's yeah. a movie that got better with watching it. Um, you, the, why don't we synopsize it?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Right
0: quick. We'll do a quick a quick synopsis. Um mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about why it's great and then how it, yeah, because yeah, we both have some personal experiences that I sort of started to share a little bit on the first half, but we'll, we'll share mm-hmm. about it. So, um, Jenna Malone,
1: yeah,
0: Mary, uh, goes to a good Christian school, has a good Christian boyfriend, hum, 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 hum. <laughs> um, I can like see the whole <laughs> intro, uh, yeah. and she is a t- child of a single mom, played by Mary Louise Parker. Um, mm-hmm. And she is excited to start her school year. Um, just before starting her school year, her boyfriend, uh, Dean, tells her that he is gay. And she uh, he tells her this underwater in a pool. She hits her head as she's trying to get back up and then has a vision of Jesus telling her to help Dean. Mm-hmm. She uh, prays on this and thinks on this a lot about how to help Dean be not gay and decides... Uh, through divine intervention that sex is the answer that having sex with him will uh, make him straight and that Jesus will restore her blessed womb Mm -hmm. uh, and and restore her virginal heart Uh, she does so and just before the first day of school he gets caught uh, with gay porn and um, is taken off to uh, is taken off to conversion therapy Yes. Uh, uh, called Mercy House. What happens next?
1: So then school starts. Uh-huh. Um, she is part of this uh, kind of popular clique. Uh, and music Mandy group. With Mandy Moore. And music group. The yeah, Christian Jewels. They kind of are really, you know, modeling this good Christian, The uh, I don't know, archetype in the school. They're, yeah, they... Um, they play music. They kind of just model for the school. You know, they're they're kind of like run the school. Mm-hmm. Um, Mandy Moore is definitely the the boss. Yes, she um, is the HBIC. Yes, and she, uh, you could see she's a bit bossy. Um, so you know, they're they're kind of like having their senior year, really excited about it. And then um, Jenna Malone or Mary starts getting sick, um, and she doesn't even know. Why? Like, she starts throwing up in she the morning. She starts throwing up in the morning. Uh, yeah. Uh, sees on, uh, she watches a lot of kind of quiz shows with her mom and sees on, uh, like, TV. I think it's uh, a Valerie, Valerie, Valerie Bertinelli.
0: Bertinelli
1: yeah. Uh, like, Lifetime movie. Uh, just her describing what she thought was pregnancy. But it turned out um, to be cancer. Yeah, but in, in general, what she thought was pregnancy and... Mary is like, oh, whoa, that sounds like what I had. Please let it be cancer. Please um, let it be cancer. Yeah, let it be <laughs> yeah cancer. it's like a very famous moment. Um, takes a pregnancy test, of course, is pregnant. Um, there's some bad seeds at the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eva Murray, who's she? What's her name? Eva Amore. Cat, uh, yeah, but in Cassie. The, ca, ca, Cass, Cassandra.
0: Cassandra or Cassie. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and so she's the one Jewish student in the school. She, like, is really op- oppositional <laughs>
0: yeah she's really oppositional um, she's been kicked out a lot of schools and she early on in this school year also becomes friends with Roland played by Macaulay Calkin, who is yeah. Mandy Moore's brother who is mm-hmm. paraplegic yeah he's in a wheelchair
1: yeah um so yeah so they kind of bond um Mary starts acting distant uh, and everyone is worried about her. Pastor Skip is the principal of the school and also kind of uh, tries to be a good Christian. But you can see he kind of struggles with some stuff. He there's doesn't some want to get a with, divorce. From yeah. His wife, there's stuff, he
0: does want to date Mary's mom. Yep.
1: Yeah, so there's some stuff there. Um, there is a new kid. In school, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Uh who is that been his name? Patrick? Yeah, yeah Patrick. and his real name is Patrick too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's why that confused me. Um, but he's Pastor Skip's son. He's mm-hmm. off like doing missionary work. Skateboarding um, for the Lord. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hitting the and board for the Lord is nothing hit- sacred to you people.
1: <laughs> um so yeah, he comes in, everyone's kinda like thinking he's cute. Mandy Moore likes him. Mm-hmm. He seems very taken with Mary. There's kind of a jealousy there, um, but yeah. So Mary is pregnant and feeling isolated, mm-hmm. feeling more uh like connected to the other outcasts of the school. Like She's Cassandra having a real crisis Roland. of faith.
0: Yeah, like a major yeah. crisis of faith.
1: Um, Mandy Moore stages like this prayer circle for uh, Dean mm-hmm. uh, because. Mary confides in her the that uh, you know Dean told her that he was gay and that he's at Mercy House and she promises she won't say anything but she can't uh, miss the opportunity to be like pious. Yeah, her <laughs> piousness is like
0: yeah a character through the
1: charts. Yeah, um, so she hold, holds holds a, a prayer circle. Mary is really annoyed by that mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, kind of everything that's happening. This is also on like the day that Mary very... finds
0: out she's pregnant. It's the same yeah, day she leaves Planned that, Parenthood.
1: Right, that kind of crisis of faith of being like, I did this because I thought this was the right mm-hmm. thing to do. I thought this is what God was telling me to do, mm-hmm. and I am punished, or I, you know, this didn't work out how I thought it would, and so what, you know, what does it all mean?
0: What does it I all don't mean? know
1: what I what I I don't know what I believe in anymore. I think she yeah. says at one point. Um, and so they kind of just like continue to grow distant from each other. Um,
0: as Mary and then begins uh, Mary uh, also very early on uh, when she's getting her pregnancy test is seen by Cassandra and Roland. Yeah, uh, and so they know they they mm-hmm. have a very good strong idea. And then as Mary starts to get bigger around Christmas, Cassandra calls her out and says like gets her to essentially admit that she's pregnant. And then Cassandra is like, "You can't do this alone." And Mm -hmm. really offers to help.
1: Yeah, is very supportive. It's interesting, like all of the other kids in the school, like she's very obviously pregnant and you know, wearing these large sweatshirts and I think lots of the other kids just like don't even know what to make of that. But Mm -hmm. Cassandra, who seems like she has more (laughs) worldly experience, is kinda like world weary. Yeah, she's like uh that is a pregnant girl. You you look like Um, a smuggler. (laughs) <laughs> yeah Yeah. so yeah they kind of befriend her Cassandra and Roland are dating at this point mm-hmm. um and um mandy moore continues to try to want to like connect like break through mandy moore is very upset that
0: mary is distant but is also continually really holding very tightly onto her crown as like the queen christian girl at this school so she's the most pious the most christian the kindest but by doing so often does does sort of this kind of gross way of being like Uh, Nice to people but in a very like keeping them very at arm's length right like being very polite but not inviting them to like do things and then sometimes just outright mean I
1: mean she's condescending she's really condescending she's she's like you're so lucky that I'm so nice to you because I'm such a good Christian because I'm
0: such a good person
1: and you know you really need my kindness Mm -hmm. Um, yeah so that's kind of her vibe
0: and then um, they she continues to be horrible to them and they decide because they dislike her so much to do a prank where they put a picture of her they find out she used to be again fat phobia before she went to the the fitness camps and before she had orthodontia and all these things um she used to be um as the movie is portraying as ugly and they yeah put this out on all the tv screens and all the computers in the whole school and she and they don't get in trouble for it And Hilary Fay, Mandy Moore decides to get back at them, and so she graffities the whole school. She preys on it about how to get these people punished, and she graffities the whole school and gets them all uh, expelled, suspended, just punished. No, expelled. Expelled. So that's
1: when Mary and Cassandra get expelled one week before school ends. One week before before school ends,
0: right before prom, and um, they. Essentially, find the credit card bill that shows that Hillary Fay f- is framing them
2: uh, mm-hmm. and
0: decide to go to prom. Uh, and while at prom, uh, they, of course, they bring this up in the most public way. Hillary Fay tries to get them away, and that all rhymed. Uh, Hillary Fay tries <laughs> to get rid of them. And um, when she says, Look, you've also billed all these clothes to Maternity Girl for. Um, you know, you just stole my credit card. That's all this shows. And then Tia, the one girl who's been trying to get in with the popular girls the whole time, Heather Matarazzo, yeah. actually has one too many times Hillary Faye has been mean to her. And she pulls out a receipt that she found with her signature on it um, yep. under the seat of her van. Hilary Faye has a meltdown. Uh, at the same time, Dean and the kids from Mercy House all crash prom as well. Dean, yeah. Dean finds out that she's pregnant there in that moment and that it's his.
1: And he's excited about it. He's excited it. about it. It's just it. So, and he's sweet. so
0: sweet. and it's there's such a sweet moment of her trying to be really, <clears throat> her trying to be really excited and, and um, affirming of his like queerness. She's is like, this "Is your this life your life partner?" Life partner. And he goes prom date, <laughs> um, which is so cute. Yeah. And then there, there's a really nice speech about, you know, how Mercy House exists for the people who send them there, basically, and how like you know they they keep being told there's nowhere to go. Oh, also in the time. When Mary's mom finds out that she's pregnant, um, which is just at, after the, the spray paint incident, Mary's mom finds mm-hmm. out she's pregnant and is maybe going to send her to Mercy House because that's right. she doesn't know how to deal with her sin or her being out of control and or whatever.
1: Pastor Skip kind of gives her an ultimatum on yeah. of, I, I can't keep seeing you if you mm-hmm. don't send her.
0: And so uh, then, of course, because it's a movie and it's prom, so naturally uh, Mary goes into labor and um they rush her to the hospital uh there's a great moment where you know dean or patrick you know her ex-boyfriend or her current boyfriend which one will ride with her to the thing and then her mom gets in and she's like no i'm I'm going and her mom is like in it and and together and there's cute little moment where she has an epiphany of on the quiz show where all of the things are like saying that like how
1: long does it take for a mother to bond with her baby like in the
0: first three minutes and like the all of these things there's no place like home like all these Mm -hmm. I I literally just got chills um it's it's so silly but um and then of course it has this big happy ending um with with a very loudly spoken moral that is essentially saying you know Faith in God is, is all well and good, but the problem is, like, so much of life is a gray area. And when you try yeah. to make things black and white, you just make things messier because yeah. you're, you're telling everybody who doesn't perfectly fit in the black and white that they don't belong. And the thing is, nobody totally fits in the black and white. And so it's really um, a message of acceptance and a message yeah. of compassion and grace um, that, you know, Pastor Skip, even though he's not yet divorced – Is not wrong for wanting to date someone else, right? His marriage is over. He and his wife both agree that his marriage is over, right? Um, That Mary having this baby out of wedlock tried her best, right? She didn't. She's Mm -hmm. not doing the wrong thing. The gay kids are not bad or wrong. Hillary Fay is not is not horrible. She needs to stop expecting. She needs to stop projecting perfection because Mm -hmm. she's not perfect, and so like she can also accept herself, and so it's a it's a nice kind of feel good ending
1: yeah i mean i really like the like why would god make people so different from one another if he wanted them all to be the same Mm -hmm. that's a line that mary has that i I really liked and i think you know is a logical kind of argument for why that gray area is like exists yeah it's important
0: well and you know the in the in the whole film you know, we we briefly talked just before the break about, like, oh, is this going to be, like, an offensive film for some people? And, like, mm-hmm. when re-watching this movie, it is such a pro-Christian film. It's pro-anyone. It it's it's pro- pro-everyone. It's pro-everyone. And so it's yeah. not saying that Christianity is stupid. I mean, there are some, you know, definitely some satirical moments. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not saying you're wrong for... Believing in God, and one of the things that really stuck out to me in this time was was when Dean shows up to prom at the end, and he says, "I know Jesus still loves me." Yeah, like he, I'm gay, and I know Jesus loves me, and I think that's yeah. so important. That rather than it being a movie about rejecting your faith, it's a movie about engaging in yeah. in the conversation you have with the, you know, edicts that you have that have been right. declared based on. You know all of these things based on the, the way in which organized religion um, restricts people.
1: Absolutely, yeah, and the way in which spirituality and religion is ultimately like a very personal mm-hmm. experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's so good. This movie is it so is. good.
1: It is, and you know, I think you and I both raised Christian, mm-hmm. right? you talked a little bit about it um my journey is kind of straightforward but you know like was raised um Presbyterian mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people in my town were Catholic but um yeah so I like went to Sunday school went to church every Sunday like when I was like 14 I was doing like confirmation class mm-hmm. and I got very kind of um i got really into studying Mm -hmm. like for this confirmation Mm -hmm. and really into like going to the classes was really i took notes during sermons Mm -hmm. like i was very bought in um and it it also was like my community right like i i did a kind of analogous like it wasn't girl scouts it was called pioneer girls but it was like the church church version of it
0: oh my god i love that
1: um yeah you know and my mom was like a, a leader like it was just a, embedded in, like, my community, you know? And so that was a big part of it. Like, my friends were there. Um, and then I remember, like, in one of the confirmation classes um, talking about, like, okay, these are the three religions. Um, so the three religions are, like, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Mm-hmm. So there's no other religions nope. besides that. Nope, and nope, I would nope. just taken, like, global history or something and Mm -hmm. was like "Mm, i just learned that that's not true Mm -hmm. um and then you know the whole like there is one path to god Mm -hmm. and to heaven and that is the christian path and i in my family uh, very close friends who are jewish Mm -hmm. uh like my grandfather's side of the family is like uh jewish from russia and so i was like mm-hmm I don't know about that. And I remember asking a question of, like, are you you really saying that all these people in my life, like, cannot go to heaven Mm -hmm. if they do not, like, accept Jesus Christ and become
0: Christian? Well, and also you're half Jewish.
1: Yeah. And, like, the, you know, the reluctant answer was kind of like, yes. And I just, it was that fracture in the faith, right? Mm -hmm. It it was like, okay, I'm going to start questioning this a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, and there is like a very like developmentally, like appropriate path totally. of spirituality, um, and mine totally followed it. Like you're, you know, you're kind of indoctrinated as a child. Starts with like bedtime stories
0: of Daniel in the Lion's Den and David and Goliath. Totally. And...
1: I had like a children's Bible that was illustrated totally. that I loved. We
0: all have that one. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Noah's Ark. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's it's embedded in your your like sense of morality. Mm-hmm it's something that you are kind of fed until you reach adolescence and you start questioning kind of everything. Mm -hmm. And along with that spirituality, um, there is a point where you kind of reject it, which I reached when I was like, went to college basically um, going to liberal arts school and was like, I can take all of these religion classes Mm -hmm. that are not Christianity. And I did. And was just like really into learning about every type of, religion like got very into like buddhist uh like uh literature and like the philosophy of religion um just like really was uh consuming that and then i was like i'm an atheist (laughs) like i was like all of that is garbage right and that's also a very like part of this developmental path is Mm -hmm. a rejection Mm -hmm. rejection of religion Mm -hmm. um and then like in your mid-20s there's kind of this uh you're kind of like returning to it yeah and you're considering it and and reconciling yeah kind of what spirituality means for you and that's kind of a very common path mm-hmm. um that i totally bought and like bought into and and i mean my spirituality now is like a very personal thing And i would say i would describe myself as more spiritual than religious and I do have issues with organized religion, and I think lots of people, you know, lots of people do. I think I have Um, (laughs) not.
0: I can't think of one thing. Yeah, we will not talk
1: about that more later. No, but you know, and I think there's just like my at the end of the day, right? It's Mm -hmm. like there are multiple paths to God because God means something different to everyone, and just like it also in my research, I've done kind of my PhD and like, um, undergrad research in sort of spirituality religion. I did a lot of like work with meditation and mindfulness. Um, and that came from my interest in Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And so like really understanding more even just functional aspects of it. Yeah. Um, and and this comes from, you know, William James, uh, Sigmund Freud, like these like OG white dudes of psychology who, 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 honestly one of the first questions that they grappled with was was about religion Mm -hmm. um and really understanding the function that that provides for people psychologically um and it does And, and so i think that i mean even atheism is a stance right
0: yeah like it's a very strong stance
1: and it's something that helps people reconcile like what they think the universe is about and um there's also you know in the time of covid right like Woof. people turning to prayer in times of like extreme yeah. negative emotion yeah. stress and also as a way to kind of relinquish control or, or like like want to uh yield to a higher power yeah. in a way that's like i don't have to figure this out all by myself because that's incredibly overwhelming um and so you know you see like uh, people praying more in those kinds of situations um, well, in, just in from your, like a psychological yeah, perspective. Yeah, in your
0: most powerless moments, right? In the times mm-hmm. when you feel the most powerless, like believing in a higher power yeah. is an incredibly uh, valuable experience if you're able to turn yeah. to that.
1: Totally. Not everybody I mean, is. Right. But but it's – in. I mean, I feel like – A lot of this podcast is about trauma, but a lot of this podcast kind of, like, in line with that is coping. Mm
2: -hmm. What
1: is coping? What What is is a coping coping. strategy? And to me, religion is part of coping, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's There's a lot of research on... Uh, and they talk about it. Mandy Moore, I think, talks about in the prayer circle. She's like, prayer it's, works. It's medically, it is medically proven. You yeah, know that. Yeah, medically proven. And I literally, in that moment, like, Googled, like, medical benefits of prayer. What came um, up? And it, what came up was, you know, the stuff with, with spirituality and religion and studying that is just all a mixed bag, right? Mm-hmm. There's people because people bring their own subjective bias into things. Because you know research is messy. Because subjects have bias, especially when we talk about religion. Mm -hmm. It is like the to me it's like the messiest research you can do. But when you're talking about prayer, um, you're you're talking about coping. Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing something and prayer works for you, a you're literally like activating your parasympathetic nervous system because you are you are looking inward. You are taking a moment to kind of, uh, like remove external stimuli. You're like turning inward. You are maybe breathing deeper. I mean, this is literally part of mindfulness is like breathing, uh, uh, you know, taking deeper breaths, um, paying attention to kind of like sensations that you feel turning off kind of the noise. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and prayer is, is that, but with an additional kind of function of, We talked about before of like yielding to a higher power, like relinquishing kind of that burden of like, I have to figure this all out. Um, And so there's just kind of a biological kind of relaxation response that can be beneficial in and of itself. Right. Um, You can then, you know, like add on to that prayer as part of an organized religion and a community Mm -hmm. and you have social Social support. Social support. And so social support is very powerful. We talked about this before. When we
0: talked about cancer research and like the the impact of social support on cancer outcomes is huge.
1: Exactly. And so prayer is very tied to, I think it's, they're confounding variables as we like to Mm -hmm. call them. It's very hard to isolate prayer. Um, by itself a because it's not totally observable right it's self report right so we have to rely on That's right. people saying that they're praying or not
0: intensity of prayer and that like because it's well. self
1: report there's no uh like really clean definition of it people kind of define it differently for themselves um and the intensity right like what is relative to that i mean it's like measuring pain right it's like these very internal subjective experiences mm-hmm. so it's, it's just real messy mm-hmm. and so you know you have to rely on self-report and you're going to have a lot of confounding variables because they're going to overlap with community with uh thing with coping mm-hmm. and so i think that a lot of the research that exists and a lot of the benefits that we see like i don't know not to be like totally cynical but i think that's what it comes down to
0: yeah i mean but that's the thing right uh, even if you're, like, even cynically looking at this, like, the fact that there is an effect means yeah. that, therefore, it has...
1: Well, that's the other thing, right? Is, like, is it... Does not matter what's the confounding things, right? Does it matter if, at the end of the day, someone is like, prayer worked for me?
0: Right. Well, and... That's and, it. You know, what I think about a lot is, um, you know, when it comes to religiousness... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the things we struggle with uh, when we talk about coping are, are the concept of cognitive dissonance, right? When two sort of com- yes. competing things exist at once. And we often will create a very simple mental sort of explanation in our heads to mm-hmm. resolve that cognitive dissonance that is often mm-hmm. a simpler explanation than, than the reality to the right. thing. And religion and religiousness as mm-hmm. uh, a... S- s- like, as a fix for that cognitive dissonance where it's like, well, the Bible says so. And see how even went yeah. Southern, even just doing it. Which is, again, <laughs> a, a cultural bias, right? It's a cultural totally. bias that I have. Totally. Um, you know, the Bible, because the Bible tells me so. Um really. Which, on a lot of those issues, um, the Bible actually hasn't told us very much about these I mean, things. But yeah. people, um often show that they are able to resolve a lot of cognitive dissonance when it comes to things like war, mm-hmm. when it comes to things like um, taxes, like mm-hmm. allocation of resources. Yeah. Um, it, it makes things good guys and bad guys. And by mm-hmm. identifying particularly Christianity, specifically American Christianity, has a very um, protagonistic approach to itself a very like christian exceptionalism right even when totally. he um, when he does his prayer i remember hearing a prayer like that at the beginning when pastor skip is like you know that they think you know they think about you and they think those jesus freaks are onto something they've got it figured out right like a, yeah. as this as if people are looking at you being like you've got it together and i want well i want what you have right yeah. um, and and this sort of idea that you can have the market cornered on goodness as your, as you define it, right? Like I love yeah. when, um, when she says, and they, they, this movie is all about that, right? When, um, right. When they say they're trying to uh, do the exorcism on on Mary at <laughs> one point, and Mandy Moore, uh, uh, Jenna Malone looks at Mandy Moore and says, "You don't know the first thing about love," and turns away, and Mandy Moore whips a Bible at her, hits her in the back as she says, "I am filled with Christ's love." Yeah. And then she looks at her and says, you are just jealous of my success in the Lord. (laughs) Right? She's resolving her cognitive dissonance with this narrative. Right. That she is the ultimate good guy.
1: Yeah. As you say that, especially like American Christianity, it's like so overlapped with American exceptionalism and nationalism. And, you know. This country being founded by white Christian men yeah. is also, you know, it makes sense. God made a lot us of number overlaps. one because
0: He loves us the best, mm-hmm. and therefore, because we are the best, like our values and the, yeah, um, you know, evangelicalism, which mm-hmm. essentially says like go forth and tell and spread the word and make more Christians, is so based on the idea. That Christians are right and everyone is wrong, and the only way to get to heaven is to tell more people about Jesus Christ. Which, which you know, you were speaking to that earlier, right? The idea right. that like people that haven't heard the good news, as as they say in Bible school, um, that haven't heard the good news, have not been told the you know the about the Bible or Jesus Christ, cannot go to heaven. That was what that right. was my breaking point. Was when I was like, wait a minute, you're telling me that like people who live in like remote places that have never had a christian missionary come to them just cannot right. go to heaven well
1: that's that what they talk about in the movie too to they talk about it like Heathens. oh my gosh yeah. It, yeah don't you feel so bad for the savages who will like never hear christ's word or like yeah. um the friend what's her name the one who is vietnamese yes. i she's think v- who's adopted. she's vietnamese
0: she's adopted from vietnam um, and they're constantly and they're just saying like, also yeah. the only oh, non-white so person in this film yeah. um the only non-white person. and her the,
1: parents who are shown for one second and her
0: parents are black yeah that's right yeah um yes and so yeah and they're they they do like exploit that sort of narrative which i will totally. say like i grew up with a number of like most of the kids that i grew up with that were asian american were raised in white families they were adopted
1: 100 percent.
0: yeah Me where, too. where i grew up um in rural michigan um yeah, that was, and so that, that also, I was like, that fits, actually. I, yeah. I can think of several kids at church camp or at church or at school um, that are, um, you know, adopted yeah. into white Christian families. And the, yeah. the narrative of like, we saved them from.
1: Totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, this movie is just such a nice way to sort of illustrate both. I think, the ugly and the beauty. I yeah. think it does a really nice job holding on to the fact that, like, Jesus, pretty cool guy, pretty compassionate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, Jesus, his number one thing was, like, taking care of the sick and the poor. Mm-hmm. That was, like, priority number one, yeah. right? Not the case when we think of American Christianity uh, and, and right. the way in which um, religion is so tied into politics in yeah. our country. I imagine most people listening to this podcast have fairly similar political views to us. We talk pretty extensively about feminism and yeah. uh, race, ethnic relations, just like anti-racism. And, and so I think most people are probably on a similar place. And where, where they're at with their faith is um, you know obviously going to be varied. But yeah. I do think that like the thing that really struck me when re-watching this movie is just how actually pro-Christian... It i it is
1: yeah yeah and you know the writer and I think director but the writer of the movie is like really drawing from his personal experience.
0: I mean, you can tell. Yeah, like I mean, he this was he so, really... I'm watching this from my experience again. I was seventeen when this movie came out, and being yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, this is exactly yeah, yeah. exactly my experience." You know what mm-hmm. I always think of is um, it's like I I used to call it the just the just prayers when people pray and they say the word just a lot so be like father god we just thank you so much and we just want to <laughs> we just want to wish that everybody could just you know could just hear your word and just believe and be like the, the just prayers. <laughs> they say the word just yeah. a lot and he does love he it d- he starts it out with the just prayer yeah um, but i also went to a super intense church camp where like every year they would have the the thing where it's like come down to the front and like give your really? soul give yourself to jesus again
1: were there tongues
0: no one spoke in tongues Okay, um,
1: that was a part in this movie, uh, kind of like a someone faking,
0: right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Cassidy, Cassandra, um, Cassidy, Cassandra, Cassandra, Cassandra. Yeah, she fakes speaking in tongues. Um, you know, I so the most famous uh, sect of Christianity that speaks in tongues is the Pentecostal Church, which is actually mm-hmm. like a largely black community. The the Pentecostals, mm-hmm. um, um, largely African American specifically. It's a very American. Um. Uh, what's the word sect I suppose or like yeah sect um, yeah sect and denomination um, mm-hmm. and they are largely black and I remember as a kid being taught that speaking in tongues is real and and happens but you're supposed to do it responsibly with only with one person speaking in tongues at a time and one person interpreting essentially <laughs> for the group yeah. in a way that I just remember at the time being like it's a pretty condescending way to talk to this like other group of people who's like faith where they'll they'll have, you know, hundreds or thousands of people at once sort of communing and, and speaking in tongues. Um, I have no psychological research on the phenomenon that is speaking in tongues. I don't know that there is any good research. Um, but I just remember at the time and now I, I'm able to just be like, oh, that's I think that's just racism. I think that's just regular. Yeah, old I mean, racism. Isn't it always. Isn't it just. <laughs> isn't it just. Um, yeah. Well, I uh, wanted to share a little bit about conversion therapy. Yeah. I have not undergone conversion therapy. That was not an experience I've had. Thank the Lord for that. Yeah. Pun intended. Um, So conversion therapy, for those who don't know, is um, basically a, a therapy that centers around the belief that anything other than being cisgender and heterosexual or straight is wrong. And that it needs to be fixed with some sort of I- intervention. Um, so there are places in all 50 states that offer conversion therapy. All 50 states? All 50 states that oh, offer God. conversion therapy. Conversion therapy is legal for adults in all 50 states. Oh my God. So if adults are choosing to undergo religious conversion therapy, um, they are able to do so. Um, conversion therapy is not legal in all 50 states for children.
2: Okay. Um,
0: and so there are um, uh, I think it's illegal in only like six or seven states um, but it's mostly legal in most states. so parents mm-hmm. can enroll their children in this therapy. Um, it does it, it can work on a number of ways right There is one that's just the quote like pray the gay away. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that would just be prayer-focused and, and about a, a relationship with God, about how to sort of reorient. And then there are some conversion therapies that are um, what we'd call aversion therapy, where they uh, are given... Um, people are sub- subjected to a number of traumatic experiences um, that are paired with um, either if it's for transness, right, that are paired with, like, gendered um, stimuli or for, for um, you know, sexual uh, queerness that would be paired with, like, usually visual stimuli. So, like, something mm. such as um, introducing a picture of, like, to a, to a young gay male showing a picture of a naked male and accompanying it or pairing it with uh, an electric shock, um, a loud sound, a flash of light, like, doing things to essentially create a psychological to condition and aversion to this and um the apa the american psychological association has absolutely disavowed um, anyone who is practicing conversion therapy is not able to be you know they're not apa is not substantiating anyone under that Mm -hmm. um Mm
1: -hmm.
0: however uh you can start a search in the same way that like therapy doesn't act, like therapy has standards because you have a board. You have the board of psychology, or the marriage and family therapists, or social workers, right. or um, licensed uh, professional counselors. Like there are boards that monitor mm-hmm. those. When you choose to do something like uh, conversion therapy, you're choosing to exist outside of this, and now you have an organization that you tell people what you offer, and people are allowed to opt into that. So there are no standards for how to right. do this therapy. This therapy is um, abusive. Um, And what we know today is that 700,000 people uh, have undergone um, some form of conversion therapy. 10% of LGBT youth in the Trevor Project's national survey uh, said that they've undergone some form of conversion therapy, often while under the age of 18. 13% of trans people in 2015 said that... uh, a psychologist, a counselor, or religious advisor tried to stop them from being transgender. Mm -hmm. And uh, in some demographics, as many as, uh, or over half of LGBT um, non-Latino white uh, and Latino respondents reported experiencing sexual orientation change efforts during adolescence. So maybe not capital T therapy, but people specifically trying to reorient someone's Mm -hmm. gender or sexual orientation mm-hmm. um, so these kinds of things um, are, are the the norm there are also some very extreme forms and I want to give a content warning before I say some of this there's some very extreme forms of um, conversion therapy one of which is chemical castration which is essentially giving um, hormone treatments or medications or even removal of testicles to essentially decrease sex drive mm-hmm. um, and another is something that has been done and uh, has been done and is documented and known is what's called corrective rape, which is using sexual assault to try to force someone to feel heterosexual attraction. So this is that same kind of. It is the worst version of oh, you just haven't met the right guy, you just haven't yeah. met the right girl. Yeah. It is forced sexual contact, which um, is rape. Right. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the undertone of a lot of jokes that we hear wh- that uh, that people make about lesbians. Right. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'd love mm-hmm. to watch. I'd love to like the idea that lesbians must exist as a that, like they, that lesbianism uh, can only exist with a man to spectate and to therefore right. like it exists as a point of pleasure for men. And so it's um, it's pretty intense. And so yeah. um what we do know about um, about conversion therapy, uh, so conversion therapy is still legal for children in um, oh sorry in thirty U.S. states. Um, okay, thirty U.S. states. Um, there's only a few um, New England, West, uh, and the West Coast, and then Illinois and Hawaii and Washington D.C. do have a ban for minors. Okay, but there are conversion therapy uh, sites in every single state. Um, what we do know is that, um, there are really strong correlations between, uh, attempts of suicide and conversion therapy. We know that conversion therapy is not tied to long-term outcomes Mm -hmm. in terms of sexual reorientation. Um, we know that, uh, it does have a significant increase in, in suicide attempts. Um, as we know already, we've talked about this, um, uh, LGBT youth, uh, 48, or, um, 48% uh, are more... Li- they're, they're 48% more likely to contemplate suicide compared with their heterosexual peers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and uh, they're more likely to attempt suicide, 29% versus 6.4%. Um, 40% of trans people report attempting suicide at some point in their lives. And so having an affirming space is like the number one thing right. we can do. Having even right. just one person, one place... Where you can feel affirmed. And so, um, you know, it seems like in the movie, this is a pray the gay away approach to it is not um, aversive conditioning. It is not um, chemical castration. It is not um, it is not sexual assault. Right. Um, But it is continuing to, you know, double down on this idea that you as you are is not right, um, is not okay. And we still, I mean, and this narrative that like queer people are not right even exists within the queer community. I mean, when people identify as asexual, um, it's really hard mm-hmm. to find uh, good liter, excuse me, it's it's hard to find good literature that doesn't also include a narrative of the um, correlation between being asexual and sexual assault or sexual abuse, where it's like, you don't have to, like, we don't have to say that this person has been, harms to uh, to validate right.
1: there's only a, like yeah that it's only a consequence of something or exactly happening.
0: um and, yeah. th- and there's you know there's a lot of i mean just general um f- and there's a real like sense of unwelcomeness when it comes to christianity religion um mm-hmm. faith as queer people it's like we're really taught that we don't get to belong and if we do belong that we need to be extra grateful that people right, are so yeah. they they're willing to condescend to be supportive of us, right? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh.
1: I can't believe it's it's legal in that many states.
0: Well, as adults, you can you can do whatever you want. Well, how does so that would that be there someone? Are, mm-hmm.
1: That would be someone who is like. It, like, signing up for it themselves? hmm
0: Like, as an adult, yeah, you legally... Yeah. It's it's Because it's not like someone
1: else can commit you to
0: it, right? Correct. Not as, as an, adult, an adult. Not yeah, as an yeah. adult. It used to right. be. Um, right. When it was a diagnosis. That's a big part of why people... I mean, the the, the models of, like, the state hospitals and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, until, like, I think it was, like, the 60s or 70s, like, a man could could commit his wife to a a mental institution just for <laughs> right. being moody. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, yeah. Which
0: is like a horrible, yeah, they're, they're, they did they well, lot I'd of, I'd be in um, trouble. You know what, and when we do, eventually we'll get to a movie with institutional um, care, like, like Girl yeah. Interrupted or something, um, and we can talk about the like refor- institutional reform in the mm-hmm. United States because there was a long time where the most common thing for uh, any child born with intellectual disabilities was for them to be institutionalized or right. for um husbands to be able to essentially um imprison their their wives uh wasn't
1: it like i mean like getting really uh, extreme but like lobotomies yeah
0: yeah lobotom getting lobotomized uh-huh
1: like someone getting you lobotomized basically yeah
0: you could have someone else lobotomize you yeah it's terrifying it's really, yeah. really terrifying.
1: There's, like, there's like movies about that, too, of, like, um, have you seen Sucker Punch? Yeah, that's what I was thinking <laughs> of. Yeah. And then uh, there's, like, a, a plot in BoJack Horseman with, like, his grandmother, like, his mom's okay.
0: mom. Okay, yeah. My dad but always used to thing. say, I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Share
0: a little wisdom about it. terrifying idea
1: yeah
0: yeah no uh and we, we'll talk about that um but yeah i mean some of the la- last vestiges and i also like these um uh, the paris hilton's documentary that she just did yes about these, that's what um, i was thinking of too these abusive boarding schools these like yeah. corrective behavioral boarding schools which also are often overlapping right they're often very christian well
1: mercy house is not it sounds like you know it's not just a no conversion. it's wayward
0: youth right she's a pregnant yeah, teenager so exactly. she has to go there it's not just conversion therapy and most of these right. places I think are not necessarily only um, conversion right. therapy but it's essentially um, you know involuntary hospitalization yeah. for whatever your problem is and I do love when he goes when he, when he says hey to his roommate and he goes yeah he's here for the same reason I am he's like the worst one
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so cute oh, yeah. so cute He's like they have a scene too where he's watching him sleep.
0: Yeah,
1: that's cute.
0: So cute. Yeah. Um, Well, we solved institutional. (laughs) No, I feel like
1: we. Now I'm really. um, Yeah, I want to do a movie on that because I feel like there's so much there. There's so much there.
0: I mean, there's so much psychological history, like psych psychology history. Not even just like psycho, like psychology capital P as like a. As an establishment, as a as a totally. science, the history of it is fascinating. Um, yeah. But yeah, we we have audio this week, and y'all, my phone is far away, and we'll put it on next week. Uh, we have some great audio. <laughs> we got some good feedback from um, from last week's episode, which y'all were very excited to see. Cute!
1: Yay! Um, I'm so happy. Yeah,
0: we got some deep. We got some good Amanda Bynes insider tea. Um, Love that. Yes, and so we. Uh, oh yeah, so if you're in and and if you're in LA this weekend, I'm doing Top Gun: The Musical at Casita del Campo on Friday and Saturday. Um, it'll be real fun. I wish dumb. I could go. It's gonna be fun and dumb. It was the the first weekend was pretty, pretty great. I love it. Pretty great, and I'm covered in bruises. Um, but yeah, <laughs> super fun. Yay! All right, well, I have been Dr. J D. Barton.
1: And I have been Dr. Joanna Whitkin.
0: And this has been another glorious episode of Real Psych.
1: Yeah, we have lots of, like, exciting things coming up.
0: Some new guest stars coming episodes. up very soon, possibly yeah. as early as next week. So yeah. we will see you all very soon. Rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. Bye-bye. Bye.